Hi, Chris here, and just to let you know, uh, this time we are releasing the episode in two parts. Uh, that's because we talked for so long about How to Train Your Dragon 2 uh, that we, rather than give you one three-hour episode, <laughs> we're releasing it in two parts. Uh, so the first part we will be talking news and what we've been watching, and in the second part it's going to be all How to Train Your Dragon all the way. So look out for that later in the week, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hi. I'm good, cheers. How are you? Hi. Awesome. Hello. <laughs> I'm doing well. How's everything? Hey. Happy birthday! Happy, Happy birthday! birthday. <laughs> you can give her a second birthday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the queen gets two birthdays. I don't know what it oh. says about me, but when you said like queen, I immediately thought <laughs> Freddie Mercury. Did you think of the band? Like, is, there a, is there a song that they did called Second Class <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> like the English Queen. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> Which it will <laughs> We did. much news that came out of D23 last week. It was insane. Um, but I think the biggest things for me uh, was the announce, like the, re- the reveal of Moana, the new Disney princess, and just how vastly different from the other Disney princesses that she looks. I mean, she looks like your normal woman, which is fantastic. And so I'm really looking forward to Moana, and I'm really glad that Disney is taking that feedback regarding diversity and uh, representation of women in their Disney princess lineup and putting it into their movies, applying it. So they, kudos to them. <laughs> I think everyone was very pleased with the character design of, on her. And then, uh, and then the announcement of the name for the, De- the Pixar Day of the Dead movie, Coco. Uh, I'll be very interested to see how that turns out, uh, since it shares some, this, basically the same topic as a uh, book of life. So I'll be interested to see what spin Pixar takes on Coco to make it different from the Book of Life as well as the student film Dia de los Muertos from 2013. So let's see how they make this into their own Pixar original and hopefully it doesn't 
turn out to be a carbon copy of those last two films. Yeah. It's not in, well, in, in a way it's in our times and everything because the, uh, because it's being told to children in our time and everything with the Book of Life. So, in a way it is, but I can see where Coco, maybe they are going with more of a reality, modern world based story rather than this kind of fantastical element that Book of Life and Dia de los Martos went with. So that would be an interesting direction to take it in, actually. And everything, and a, an excellent way to explore that cultural holiday uh, that the Mexicans have. So I really like the focus, too, on um, the Day of the Dead, because it's still a holiday that not many people are familiar with. So really putting it in the mainstream culture and exposing people to it is really fantastic. Stop listening, go away! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I actually just jump in really quickly? There's one more thing I want to correct from last week. I incorrectly said that D20 is like a shareholder's like kowtow sort of meeting thing, and it's not at all. D23 is the name of the Disney fan club. And it's, that's why it's, it's advertised as the ultimate fan event. But it's sort of spilled out into a bit of a media circus over the last couple of years, I think. But that's the reason why they don't release any of the footage and it's very, very exclusive. Is that it's like a, it's like a cardholders event. I thought that was sort of like worth um, correcting because I did mention that it was, you know, they were showing off the shareholders and it's not quite that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so... Well, I am starting with uh, uh, Robert Lyons um, and Django Voris. Uh, uh, our monthly uh, animation screening and networking event um, here in New York City at the South Street Seaport. And our, our first screening will be September 9th, but we're, we're definitely uh, looking for animated short films. Um, this this first uh, screening event, is, we're going to focus on New York City animators just to um, try and get people to go and, and be there at the venue. But, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it, excited about it. Um, the space is beautiful, and it's, uh, yeah, on the South, South Street Seaport um, at Fulton Stall Market. Um, it's a real intimate little screening space. There's a stage. There's beautiful sound. Um, there's a little overflow area with a tiny little bar and an outdoor seating area. Actually, we could probably project outside, too. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm really super excited about it. But you can uh, check it out. I'll put all this in the notes. But um, it's Animation Nights New York. And, again, we'll be doing it once a month, probably the second Wednesday of every month. And we'll be eventually uh, – we want to create sort of a networking event. Um, but we're also going to be screening um, – Shorts from all around the world. It's really going to focus on uh, independent animation for the most part, and and also we're going to do some works in progress, and and um, maybe also do some sort of uh, student screenings too eventually. But yeah, it's just we're just starting this, <laughs> so it's brand new, <laughs> and um, I'm really excited about it.
Uh, we have a website. It's animationnights.nyc um, or .com. Um, and we're also on Twitter, brand new, at animnightsnyc. Um, but, yeah, if you go to the website, you'll see the email address, too, um, info at, at animationnights.com. And, yeah, just send a link uh, to your film. Yes. Okay, well, here's my thing about Scooby-Doo, is that I don't, so I think Scooby-Doo is actually fondly remembered by people who are about my parents' age, so people who are about 50, like now, and used to watch Scooby-Doo, because it was one of the only cartoons on, you know, when, when they were kids, and so there's sort of like... You, they're kind of looking at it through nostalgia goggles. I don't think Scooby-Doo was actually ever that good. And oh, it's, what? And it's sort of like banking off... Uh, um, I mean, okay, uh, that's kind of harsh. It's, 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 it's fine for what it is, but, you know, in a world where, you know, pretty much after The Simpsons, like, it looks kind of hokey, and it's, it, it doesn't really stand up, so... The only thing they're banking off there is, is, um, you know, nostalgia, really. Which kind of leads me to think, like, lots of movies being made, you know, at the moment. Is this movie for adults? Or is it really for kids? Because I don't know many kids who know what Scooby-Doo is. Has it not? Mm-mm. <laughs> Really? So, so you're saying it's like it's it's kind of been able to constantly reinvent itself. <laughs> uh, that see, no, the thing is, that's my problem with it is it's rarely like you know when I was a kid, like Simpsons was on TV, and then you're also shown Scooby Doo, and I don't know, it's it, I was it never made me laugh, it never scared me. Um, and it, and obviously it never surprises anyone, ever. So, I don't really know why it's so fondly, I don't know, why it's so beloved. Mm-hmm. From who? That was me. Oh, yes, yes. Well, like, I mean, for me, I grew up on Scooby-Doo, I watched the classic cartoons from the what was it the 60s i want to say yeah yeah me too. yeah they, yeah, yeah i watched them every awful. night and everything as a kid we every night as a kid yeah it was oh it was on before school for you it was on during the dinner hour for us i was like the, we our parents only let us watch scooby-doo and the news over dinner <laughs> that was it that was our only option so right. 
for me, I think it's more of a nostalgia thing. That's whether kind or not of, it's, yeah. So this yeah. is like, I'm trying to get at is, you know, we're living in the world where, you know, remakes and reboots are happening all the time. Right. And I'm just wary of how much is banking off nostalgia and how what? much it's, you know, cause, cause it's, okay, it's, it's kind of impossible not to, um, to feel nostalgia for things which might be mm-hmm. not fantastic. But I think it's very important to recognize when you're doing that and when, mm-hmm. you, you, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's fine. I mean, hey, as Chris is saying, Scooby-Doo movies get made all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Well, like, with Scooby-Doo and everything, well, I know I, I don't like the live-action movies. Those are both terrible. Um, but with Scooby-Doo, the formula for it is really simple, and as a kid, it's easy to understand, and it's also entertaining. Because you can always count on that stupid chase sequence, and you can always <laughs> count on them to reveal the villain at the end of the day, and you always get excited if you got the villain right and everything, and yeah. you kind of feel I, bummed if you didn't get it wrong, if you got it wrong. And then always you get that line, I would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling kids. <laughs> and they're dog. I forget the whole line. You know, they say something about Scooby, too. Oh, and Scooby Snacks. Come on. Scooby Snacks. I mean, Scooby Snacks, the whole series, the whole franchise is so met and meshed in our culture that there's even a shot called a Scooby Snack. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go for it. I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was yeah. it? Scrappy Doo was the villain. Yes. Yeah, that was that was brilliant. That was pretty funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess at least with with a new CG movie, like, um, it's probably going to be a bit prettier than Scooby Doo ever was. Because it was like, it was, um, it was what, you know, it was like a library show, wasn't it? Hanna-Barbera, where they reused, like, you know, um, they reused backgrounds and walk cycles and everything, and it was never really, I don't know, like a spectacle. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it, I mean I those, never... they were made really cheap. <laughs> yeah, I never really saw any of the Scooby-Doo like remakes and stuff because I just I had no interest oh wow <laughs> I mean well no I mean I was just like and I don't know if it's like part of me just sort of <laughs> like <laughs> resents not having a lot of options or choice or something <laughs> and I'm just like why I don't want to go watch that but I mean you know I don't know I'm not sure why <laughs> no, I, felt, I felt the same I felt the same way it was like come on if I can be watching Dexter's Lab or you know, The Simpsons, like something way smarter. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to just pretend, like, because my dad, you know, my dad, like, tried to show me Scooby-Doo and was like, isn't this great? And I, you know, I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> oh man. I think it was something, I think it's something you had to grow up with in order to fully appreciate it, because, like, watching it as an adult now, like, it, it's pretty repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> everything yeah and also the fact that i've seen every episode i think at least five to ten times because they show wow. repeats so much i'm not kidding this is what i watched as a kid and everything until i was about 10 or 11 and then like powerpuff girls came on and everything mm-hmm. and the whole girl power <laughs> thing um and kim possible too in the early millennium those were my jams um but yeah scooby-doo i mean it definitely a lot of it 
that factors into liking it, I think, is growing up with it and having this recognizable character and everything that made you laugh and stuff. So, I don't know. I also have a giant Scooby doll staring right at me right now. So. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> so you can tell that's I'm awesome. pretty attached. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. started watching it. Um, but it's, then it became it's like different. just really hard to watch. Um, I think it has it has amazing design. Yeah, I, really like I think what's difficult with that one though is they put Velma and Shaggy together of all people. <laughs> yeah, they're a couple, and you're like, what? <laughs> I would have never pegged them <laughs> as a couple. <laughs> oh, gosh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hmm. They, they, I saw some designs for some Wait, new, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa, there's a, there's a big name attached to this. I'm sorry, just in this art, this art posting, I'm reading about it. Dan Povenmire. Is that, is that the guy? Is that the guy? But he's still big, that's still a big guy. That's the, one of the creators of Phineas and Ferb. That's still a huge name to have attached to this animated movie. Oh, I might have to check this out now. Um. <laughs> oh wow, not set to premiere though until 2018. Is that oh, a I know. That's just... It's a movie. Oh, that's the movie. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting. I didn't realize he was working on that because I know he's working on that new series for Disney, Milo Murphy's Law. But, huh. Must be multitasking. Mm. Will they be dressed the same? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> these, are, these are the important questions. <laughs> Will their character designs be the same? <laughs> I'm sure they would be recognizable at the very least, but I could definitely see some... I'm sure there'll be some style differences to kind of update it to a new audience. I well, would there, imagine. Yeah, there, is a, there is a new series that's coming out, like, next year, I think. Mm -hmm. um, be Cool Scooby-Doo. And they've, like, completely redesigned... Well, not completely redesigned the characters. Wait. They still have the same color. Um, be Cool Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, like, they've... they've what? rid of Dot Ice, and they've Oh, got, my like, gosh. Those are so like, different. Bulgy, it's a whole different style. Those family guy looking eyes and uh, Scooby Doo yeah. looks like. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it looks like it's out of a comic strip almost. Mm. These new designs. Oh my goodness. But the, the kerchief is still. Or whatever that is. <laughs> so I guess we're kind of proving Chris's point that Scooby Doo is still made a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I guess mm. so. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 back out of touch. I'm granddad. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Wait, fifty-two episodes is the longest. I feel like the one from the sixties was longer. No, uh, they're they're just all so repetitive. Like it seems like they're, a, yeah. Huh. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Ben. What? I could have sworn there are about eighty <laughs> episodes of Mr. Ben. There are 10. I'm so what? My mind is so blown right now. How many episodes? Now I want to find out how many episodes there were. And everything, because watch, well, it's only going to be like fifteen or twenty, and I'm gonna be like, well, no wonder I have every single one memorized, just about. <laughs> That's going to be a minefield because, like, the series had such weird titles. Like, there was one from the seventies called New Scooby Doo, and then like that would air mm -hmm. like, <laughs> like when I was a kid in the nineties. It's like this doesn't look very new to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one I watched was Scooby Doo. Where are you? That's. Yeah, that's the classic. Mm -hmm. 
Scooby Dooby Doo, where are yeah. you? <laughs> you got some work to do now. Okay, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh my gosh, only 25 episodes? What? There's only 25 episodes of Scooby Doo, where are you? Yep, that's why I have every single one memorized. <laughs> wow. Where are you? We got some work to do now. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. Come on, Scooby Doo, I see you. Pretending you got silver. You're not good with me, cause I can't see the way you shake and shiver. Oh yeah. my gosh. What? You know what? I'd be okay with that because um, that would mean we get a wacky racist movie. So would they like cross over? Are we gonna get like a Hanna Barbera Avengers and everything? Like that would be weird. Well, the thing the, the, the thing is is that all the studios, um, all the big movie studios, are just at the moment struggling to find any kind of cinematic universe because yeah, they're just trying to ape what Marvel did. Uh, well, yeah. But this. Mm-hmm. Well, they think. I think they <laughs> think they have DC, but you know. Well they're, really like... well, they're looking for a cinematic universe to establish so that they have a like almost a guaranteed sense of income, a guaranteed sense of profit from the movies that they're producing. Yeah, it, like studios don't want to take risks really anymore with original content. Everything you don't see that too much these days. A lot of sequels and a lot of world building and everything. So, especially even when you look at the animated films, I mean, what were like half the animated films this year sequels alone? I think the the only really original ones you had Inside Out and then Home, which you can tell with Home they're trying to establish a franchise there. Um, were there any other originals this year so far? It's kind of been a. Um, well, we have- Hitch on the Sheep in the UK. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Hitch on the Sheep. But you could say that comes from a franchise from the whole Wallace and Gromit. Sure, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, also, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. a three series of a TV show. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. so it's, it's a theatrical so film for, for a TV show. Yeah. So, yeah, and then you had Minions, which, oh, God. Um, I had to go <laughs> see that one with my family. <laughs> uh Am I the only one that's seen it? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't go. <laughs> Save yourselves. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and then, what else? Yeah, it's pretty much. Oh, and then, well, we have the Good Dinosaur coming out in November, but also Hotel Transylvania two in September. And well, is there anything I, else? I think. I think someone here might have seen uh, an original animated movie. Oh, yeah. Someone has. <laughs> <laughs> Who might that be? That was my attempt at, at, at a segue. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yes. Are you talking about The Prophet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 now up to play as um, Yvonne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad. yeah. Oh, bad. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> bad or not? I um. Yeah, I, w- I went to see um the prophet uh last week. Uh, how do you say his name? Khalil Gibran. Is that right? Sure. <laughs> I never re- read that book. I never read Mm-mm. the book. Um. Uh. Now I've downloaded it to my Kindle, but. 
Um, yeah, I went to see it uh, last week, and I mean, I I recommended it. It's a beautiful movie. It's funny because you know it was done the CG. They sort of did like this tune shader CG for the main portion of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you guys know anything about the story at all? No, Um, I don't. But it's about a poet who. the larger story is it's about a poet who's sort of blocked away. I'm not really ruining anything. Um, but the government sort of um, is accompanying him to a boat and he's supposed to return to his homeland. Anyway, as he travels through these different villages, he's a renowned um, poet who's been locked away. And as as he goes through the villages, the, the people all love him and are showering gifts on him. And, and um, he... Um, gives advice and through poetry and words and uh, about different topics about family and friendship and life and love and death and and then um, for each of the segments of poems and, and some of them are songs uh, each of them is sort of was handed off to an independent animator and you know at first some of the main, I, I, I guess they had some budget, uh, time constraints and budget issues. And you could sort of see that, I hate to say, um, with the sort of the, the beginning intro, uh, movie, the CG stuff. Like it's a little pose to pose and, um, um, I mean, it's okay, but I, I swear, like, as soon as one of those independent animated segments came on, I was just, pulled right in <laughs> and um you know just got like choked up and i had like chills and it just it was beautiful it was really beautiful and the casting was um was right on the money which i i mean i, I wouldn't really think like liam neeson as the main character would really necessarily make sense but but it just it was perfect <laughs> it was perfect and Selma mm. Hayek, I mean, yeah, all the uh, the voiceover cat or yeah, the video casting was really terrific acting. But um, and the independent animation was all really, really, really beautiful. But um, like Bill Clinton did one, and uh, uh, Tom Moore did one. That's easily recognizable and uh, mm. beautiful. Um, uh, uh, Nina Paley did one. Um, uh, who else? It's like a whole list of animators, but beautiful work. I mean, it's just really, really beautiful. Um, Sounds exciting. And I guess the main studio was what based in Vancouver. It was uh, Bardell, is that right? I guess I should look this up. But yeah, that was that was the only thing. Like in the very beginning, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not quite getting this. Like, but then, as like I said, as soon as the the shorts started, it really, it just pulls you right in. It was really, really beautiful. They really, let, it seems like they really let um, these smaller studios and the independent animators just kind of interpret it how they wanted. You know, it didn't look like anyone was really necessarily directing them very much. You know, you could really see the different styles um, shine through, and it seemed like there was a lot of passion and love um, in all of them. And then the messages themselves were just gorgeous. You know I mean? Like one of the messages is, um, um, uh, all work is love visualized or something like that. You know, you just come away from the movie feeling a little bit changed, you know, for the better. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 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 Mm-hmm. No kidding. And the thing is, it, it wasn't lacking, you know what I mean? It had just as much detail. It, it was beautiful. His, his piece was really beautiful. Same. No, really? not one. And yeah, it seems like I mean the the um the the distributor, which is likely to do it, Studio Canal, haven't even you know um, announced when they're going to be doing the next Ghibli movie, which is usually their priority. Um, mm. 
So, yeah, that's kind of a shame, but, I mean, knowing G-Kids, there's probably going to be a, a Blu-ray before the end of the year. Right. Right. Yeah, it's something. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely worth seeing on the big screen if, if you can. I mean, it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'd love to. And the to. thing is, like, even the, the, the style that they, what they used for that um, CG, uh, uh, like, tune shader um, style that they used for most of the movie, mm. it's funny because it really worked. I mean, it, it seemed like a really good decision, you know, um, just because of the contrast with all of the mm-hmm. other um, styles that, that was used. It was, it was pretty neat. Yeah, by the end, I was just like, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I just, I have to say, though, at the very beginning, it, it seemed like a little bit of a shaky start, like, just mm. being honest, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Apologies. Exactly the thing that we well, were really, talking about. Yeah. Um, was it last week? I can't remember. But we spoke mm. about how, you know, when animation tries to be edgy and mature, it just comes off as bloody juvenile. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I, I mean, I laughed at one part um, in this trailer, and it was actually a slapstick joke, which was probably, you know... <laughs> um, <laughs> Which could have easily have been in a DreamWorks movie. Hmm. Uh, Let's just, yeah. It doesn't look terrible, but it's I mean, like, you've seen, I've seen, they're, they're smoother. So much like Robot Chicken. Let's, it's, yeah. It's kind of got that top like yeah, Robot Chicken, I mean, it looks, yeah. yeah. They all move from like the shoulders or something. Something about the way they're animated. Mm. Um, they certainly move the same way. But yeah, it wasn't funny. There was like a really lame joke about how this guy was like, I don't know, are we allowed to swear on this po- podcast? <laughs> yeah. You know, there was a stupid joke about a guy fucking his hand and then a really, really <laughs> misjudged rape. Yeah. Him. It's a joke. I'm not going to joke. And you're like, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. It would be good for 14-year-olds, I guess. Um, That's about it. But, and it does not, it doesn't look bad. Because the, I mean, the interesting right. thing is like, when you pitch an R-rated animated movie, you're not likely gonna get a lot of money. I mean, it seems like they've kind of done mm-hmm. some interesting things with it. Um, some of the designs are quite cool. But, um, yeah, it's, it doesn't actually look funny. I don't think, does it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got like Kamel Nanjiani, Brian Posehn, um, Bob Odenkirk, Mila Kunis, um, like some, and TJ Miller, some quite good, like. Yeah. TJ Miller's and everything. Cast members. Um, I know. I was going to say that. Who really yeah. look like, I mean, I have to say they know better. <laughs> <laughs> People who are involved with much better things at this point. 
Well, T.J. Miller's a comedian anyways, naturally. I mean, he's in that pretty out there HBO show, Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and everything, which has quite a bit of adult humor in it. So I, I love mean, that I'm show. Not... <laughs> which, yeah. but, so it's not surprising so to see I him love in that it. show. Oh, yeah. yeah, me too. I mean, it's not a bad show. It's just, it's not surprising to see him doing something like this when he already no, does no, no, quite a bit of adult humor. No, he's, he's, mm. yeah, he's kind of, um. His stand up is furious too. Yeah. His stand up is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's funny because he's in all these different animated movies. I mean, he's in, uh, Big Hero mm-hmm. 6. He's Fred. And then he's also in the whole Dragons franchise as, uh, as one of the twins, God, I always forget which one's the boy and which one's the girl. He's, he's kind um, of rough nut or tough nut. So in this like sort of schlubby, like basically stoner character. Yeah. Of things. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he does. Oh no, he yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's perfect. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite version of that character though is um, the character he plays on Silicon Valley. Oh god. Oh yeah. Good. He just thinks he's in charge of everything and And he's not. Yeah. So good. So, um, so funny. But I guess hey, that speaks about like how how excited we are for Helen back. And we just ended up talking to TJ Miller. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, really Maybe the trailer is not necessarily, doesn't reflect the movie, I mean. It's very intentionally abrasive, isn't it? Like, opening with a raping your hand joke is not really, you know. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, the the one interesting thing about this, I think, is, I think it kind of speaks about, um, or or is evidence, rather, of, how popular animation is at the moment. Mm. And I don't mm-hmm. really if like this would have happened like even five years ago. No. You know, to be so much animation and for people to be wanting animation so much for there to even be an R rated animated movie. Well I don't think there's been an R rated animated movie since the South Park movie. Um was that rated R or was it PG thirteen? I feel no. like it was R. It was definitely I feel like it was R because there was a lot of f bombs in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely a, it's definitely an R. <laughs> oh, <that's> a... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I think of was Tech on Concrete was a fifteen over here. Okay. Okay. Western. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's true. No, I can't think of anything. Since... Yeah. Yeah. There's a story. Yeah. It, it, you know, it could end up being okay. I doubt it, but it could be. I'm trying it to. Could be. My point. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's room, basically, for this type of thing. Um, there's definitely a crowd for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't they? I mean, it, are, they're involved with BoJack Horseman and Robot Chicken, right? Oh, really? The studio. So I mean, uh, right. Yeah, mm. well, yeah. You can definitely see. It. I mean, <laughs> Robot Chicken. I haven't really watched Robot Chicken in a while, but um, it had some good. Uh, it did. It was never. I mean, to be fair, it was never witty. 
It wasn't. Right. It, they didn't do that. They were just like you know, you'd have to watch it and mm-hmm. find farts funny, and sometimes yeah. they really are. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, it had um, its moments here and there yeah, that yeah. cracked me up for sure. But um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it got a little old. <laughs> <laughs> in the gun. That sounds much more exciting as well. Really? So are you, I mean, it's, it sounds like a massive misstep for the movie to take. Are you positive that it's, I mean, that it's definitely about, I mean, you trying to like him and it's not, you know, an interesting, uh, uh, event which is trying to like muddy the morality of the main character and make you wonder, oh, do I even like this guy? Right. Because I mean, 
Because Gainax has a really, um, I mean, kind of problematic history with this stuff where, you know, it's kind of, Gainax is built on horny young guys who like drawing spaceships and tits. And, you know, but they started doing that at a really young age. Not really fully understanding, you know, cinema, you know, completely. Um, and doing things that would just, you know, turn them on and spend way too much time, you know, <laughs> animating, um, you know, uh, physics of, like, boobs bouncing and things. The Gynax bounce, yeah, it's exactly. So, <laughs> you know, um, they're that notorious for that, that kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's surprising. I know, incidentally, I haven't seen the movie. And I'm kind of shocked that there's such a scene in it because uh, I thought it was just a space, you know, sci-fi romp. And you and you say like without that scene, it's pretty much a PG. Yeah, and 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 um, the character is not the character is like quite a um, like milk toast kind of good guy. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's I don't know if you, if you say like it's just Japan, but you know, the fact that these people making these movies were really young. Um, you know, Gainax was you know, a bunch of guys in their twenties just got together and decided to make an animation studio. And Yeah, yeah, and, um, I mean, instantly, as, uh, the animation is beautiful. It's, uh, hmm. you've got some, like, veteran animators working on it, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested now to check it out because I'm really surprised that something so, um, uh, you know, lacking self-awareness is in, is in this movie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a massive fan of it, yeah. That's the one with John. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, what well, is is actually the same uh, studio? Um, Dino Stamatopoulos. I can't say his name. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I've got the curse. <laughs> Um, Dino Stamatopoulos, who, yeah, who, who did Moral Oral. Starburns. Yeah, Star, yeah, people who watch Community know him as Starburns. He actually has an animation studio called Starburns Industries, um, which is, uh, the production company for Rick and Morty. Um, but yeah, Rick and Morty is amazing. Um, it's currently like halfway through the second season, which is airing on Adult Swim at the moment. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's such, it's really good sci-fi and really good comedy. And all of this, all of the, um, you know, like lots of 
when comedy and sci-fi sort of come together, one of them has to sort of fall by the wayside. You know, either you get something that's really funny and is sort of set in space and doesn't really follow through on, you know, the sci-fi convention. But Rick and Morty really goes the whole way with um, with the stories, basically. Where most, um, you know, where, where most things would end the, the sci-fi exploration of something, that's like the end of Act One for, on a Rick and Morty episode. Um, yeah, and I, actually there was an episode on um, this past Sunday which I think is probably one of the best they've ever done. And, and you know, um, being written by Dan Harmon who who created uh, Community. So he doesn't write Rick and Morty but he sort of, I think he's a showrunner. So he's with the writing staff in the writing room. Um, his like meta sensibility is really there in Rick and Morty. And it's really self-aware and, like, the characters will just address, you know, they break the fourth wall and it'll, it, 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 but it doesn't feel too try hard or, I don't know, um, it kind of reminds me of, um, there's a saying that in animation, uh, feature films are like a classical orchestra. You know, you have to like write the score and there's a giant team and you, um, you know, you can't change too much. But TV mm-hmm. animation is more like jazz, where, yeah, <laughs> where, where you can, you know, have an idea and just try it and see what that's like. And that sensibility is really there in Rick and Morty. Um, the way the, the, the way they're, um, the way their acting takes are edited, sometimes they will just leave in the, um, the voice actors corpsing a line or fucking up. Um, and th- there'll be, uh, you know, times where they'll just improvise something and you can tell they're improvising because you hear like laughter in the background, but, ah, oh, I don't know. It's, wow. it's amazing. It's, it's, it's so well written as well. I have to watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one, one more thing about it, which, which I think is, is quite remarkable is that so I'm a really big fan of Bojack Horseman at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's excellent. I mean, it, being really honest though, the show's kind of ugly. And <laughs> I think that's part of what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. though. I mean, to get the well, story okay, across. It, it is, it is, but like, I'm really sick of that with TV animation because you're basically mm. being tricked into watching a radio play. Um, but with Rick and Morty, the visuals are really driving um, the storytelling, I think, and, uh, it's really nicely animated and really interestingly directed. Uh, nice. so that's kind of refreshing for, you know, for me, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, like, we, are you going to carry on watching it, Chris? So you can catch up and we can, and we can text each other about, oh my God, <laughs> can you believe that last episode? <laughs>
what sort of stuff is there? Is it like production artwork or marketing? Like... Mm-hmm. It's all stuff done by him. Hmm. Yeah, because actually he was um he was he was such a uh a versatile artist that he was able to do um you know, like it's really interesting. If you watch the uh the director's commentary um for Paprika, he'll just like be sitting there um going, Oh yeah, that, that bit of background there, um that wasn't done in time, so I had to paint that. And you know, like he um uh, he was just a master of like being able to draw and paint, animate. He could do it all. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested to see his art, art book and see what kind of things are in there. Yeah, he wanted. Uh, he, I think he was training to be a to be a painter, and then he, you know, fell into manga and uh, and then um, anime from there. It's not, but if you, but if you, I, I'll always take this opportunity to say, yeah, if you're not familiar with his, with his films, go and check them out because the films that he did make are some of the most amazing animated, you know, all live action movies I've ever seen. He was such a, mm-hmm. he was such a smart filmmaker and he understood how to use cinema and animation like to their full potential. Um, nice. I think, um, that's been mentioned before on this podcast. There was one tiny thing that I was introduced to last night, <laughs> um, which is gonna like be a savior for me. So, <laughs> um, you know, like Jill, you were saying you've had like a hectic week and you've not had much time for like watching. No. I totally get what you mean. Like I've had a crazy week and I only mm. really had time to watch Rick and Morty this week because I always make time for it. Right. Um, but someone introduced me to uh, an anime series that's about three minutes long. And, I mean, each episode is three minutes long. I think they're about 50 episodes. And it kind of reminded me of, like, you know, being Puppycat, where <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's kind of like blanket TV for adults, where it's like a comfort blanket, and it's just pure <laughs> escapism. It's, it's not really too... Um, to anything, it's it's like you know, it's like sitting there with a Jew Pringles. You're just like, oh, let's go. Okay, yeah, and then before you know it, you've watched ten episodes or you've finished all the Pringles. Um, so I was so once you pop, yeah, you can't stop watching cartoons, and and I think this is gonna like become my comfort blanket. It's called Poyo Poyo. I think that's the, like, the English title. And it's just like a, 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 it's it's a three minute cartoon about a cat, which is unbelievably round. It just looks like a ball with legs (laughs) and cat ears. And he just like, goes on, you know, he he runs into, um, his origin story as we see him, is that there's this woman who's out, um, on the town, and then, uh, and she's drunk. And she's like falling asleep <laughs> in the street. And as she's falling asleep, her head 
um, rests on this, like, thing that looks like a pillow, and it's not. It's a cat. So she takes the cat home. And, I, I don't know, you just have to watch it. Um, I think you can watch it all on Crunchyroll, which is free, um, in standard definition. Uh, it's not, you know, HD has a, but it's, yeah, it's just, it's gonna, it's gonna definitely, you know, keep me sane. <laughs> it's not so quite few this weeks I have. Because, you know, uh, watching, sometimes like catching on the TV is a bit of a chore in itself. So just being able to like dip in for like three minutes for an episode is going to be, it's going to be great. Okay, so that wraps up our general animation discussion. And join us for the second part of the episode very soon where we will be talking how to train your dragon too. No. Oh, okay, you, it dropped, you... it dropped. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I was just like, oh, did I say something terrible? <laughs> yeah, true chill. <laughs> I'm like, it just went deadly silent, and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the red chair button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well... <laughs>